Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and it is so good, so good to have you join us uh, today or whenever you're picking up this podcast, uh, uh, whether it is uh, the day that is released or a week later, a month later, or or whether you just find us uh, six months from now when you're scrolling through our catalog and you come across this, uh, this podcast. Uh, we're just glad that you're here. One of the things that we would ask is that you share what you find valuable to you and what's working for you. Um, as most of you understand, my primary addiction and background is alcohol and drugs and you know gambling and bulimia and pornography and compulsive overeating, all the things that come along with uh, addictions as we become polyaddicted along the way. Many of us do anyway. I I know I was certainly a, a poster child for, for polyaddiction. Um, and so we, we, we try to address many things uh, at Recovery Guy. One of the most important things that we address week in and week out um, uh, primarily is how to live, how to restructure, as, as I will tell people, how to reinvent yourself, right? To, to go from the person that you never wanted to become to the person you always wanted to be. And if you didn't even know who that was, but you came a person that you did not want to be, we help you define what that type of person you would want to become looks like and, and then how to get there uh, from where you are at. And, and it's an exciting opportunity. It's a great ministry. It's a wonderful opportunity for, for life and sober coaching. Uh, that we do at uh, Recovery Guy. And so we're just glad that you're here. So whether you're a, a listener, one of the individuals that I've had an opportunity to coach or inspire or direct, um, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this audience. This week is a, a great week. By the time you hear uh, this podcast, uh, I will have had um, uh, all five of my children uh, here, uh, two son-in-laws, a daughter-in-law, uh, eight grandchildren, and we are excited. Laura and I are so blessed to have all of our children, all of our grandchildren in the same place at the same time. That's not easy to do as they're in in, in Dallas and, and uh, Las Vegas and Oregon, and then of course here in Utah. So family is everything. And, 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 and that's one of the great things about my personal recovery. And for many of you out there, we give away everything. We strip it all down because the addiction is the most important thing. And obviously, when that is the most important thing, then nothing else is important. And we destroy and we leave. And, and to have that back, to be a person who's been given all that back, to celebrate such a week this week, uh, to say I'm grateful is uh, such a small word. 
in, in terms of uh, what's going on in my heart, which leads me to the title of today's podcast, uh, Words to Live By. Deciding to live a life that is free from contradiction means choosing different words to characterize our life, right? I'm no longer stupid, boring, and glum. I'm happy, joyous, and free. Instead of um, having a, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, I have learned how to recover and live a life beyond my, my understanding. Instead of being in bondage, I have learned how to be set free and I have walked through the steps of personal freedom. So there's so many things that we, we translate and transfer in the course of our uh, recovery. And, and so many of you know, in the past, I've done podcasts and blogs on, uh, uh, you know, positive words, um, because really uh, recreating or developing a positive self-image uh, is the most important thing we can do in recovery, because we aren't that person or we shouldn't be that person. We're growing from that person. So if I'm not really that person anymore... Why do I still see myself as that person? Could it be my personal mindset, my framework, the words that I use? And the words that I use, if they're negative, they're not words to live by in terms of the life that I have chosen. So I need to change what those words are. Uh, more, more than once, um, I have uh, referenced the Mahatma Gandhi uh, quote, um, and the quote is, and I love this quote, uh, it helped revolutionize uh, my thinking to be consistent. Uh, the quote is, uh, one man cannot do right in one department of life whilst he's occupied in doing wrong in any other department. Life is one indivisible whole. Isn't that fabulous? I'm going to read that again. Let that sink in for a second. How does this translate to you? One man cannot do right in one department of life whilst he's occupied, keyword here is occupied, and doing wrong in any other department. Life is one indivisible whole. In other words, the words to live by and the words to keep me in bondage, they are uh, polar opposites. They conflict. Oftentimes, they cancel each other out. Just like in math, whole numbers and negative numbers will cancel each other out. The great personal empowerment man, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Robbins, said this, I've come to believe that all my past failure and frustration were actually laying the foundation for the understandings that I have created 
the new level of living I now enjoy. You see that? There, there's a flip. Tony once again is saying, I've used what went wrong to lay the foundation for what can go right. There's a separation there. He doesn't discount the past failure or frustration. He's using it, but he's transitioning from it. I, and I think this is in perfect alignment with the Gandhi quote. Tony is, is directing us. Uh, and if you don't have much by Tony Robbins, you really need to Google this cat. He's so inspirational, so powerful. Um, and I'm so amazed that he is still going stronger than ever. Uh, but he's talking about having created the new level of living he now enjoys. Where, where are you at? Where are we at? Do the words we have chosen to live by, have are they being used to create a new level of living? Here's the key. I now enjoy. See, that's the caveat right there. I now enjoy. And I'm so glad that uh, Mr. Robbins decided to put that qualifier on there. So not just the, the, the new level I'm living, because a level is a level. A level isn't necessarily good or bad. It's just a level, like our bottoms, right? Or like our heights. It, it doesn't indicate I might be the highest I've been, but it's still negative, right? Uh, or the lowest I've been, but it's still in that positive. It doesn't. But is there a sense of enjoyment? Are we pulling from that understanding that has allowed us to create the level of living? So what I did for today's podcast, I just went to Google and I, and I plugged in famous positive quotes. And, and, and I think these are coming from such a cross-section. Most of the people, <laughs> I have no idea who they are, right? Well, I know who Dr. Seuss is <laughs> and James Dean and Abraham Lincoln. But for the most part, I don't know who, uh, who a Randy Posh is or, uh, uh, you know, I certainly don't know who Anonymous is, right? Um, could be you. So, but we... We want to use these phrases, and I'm going to list them, and I'm going to walk through them and just touch on them for a moment and what they mean to me. And, of course, they're going to be in the notes, so don't worry. You can copy these down. You can print them. You can pull out the ones that work for you and, and tape it onto your mirror or put it on your steering wheel or keep it in front of you, put it in your notes, and just to, to make sure that it stays in front of you. So here's the deal, though. Um. It needs to transform us, just like Tony was saying, you know, laying the foundation, the things that were bad are now helping us be good. We've learned. So we want these things to transform us into the person who is thinking the right way while removing negative messages. So again, the best way and the most effective way and the most consistent and secure way of removing negativity is to push in, put in positive messages. We really need to do that because 
you know, leaving a vacuum, leaving an emptiness, if our thinking is still negative, we'll refill it with a negative expression. Just like the quote from Einstein that I mentioned in uh, uh, last week's blog or podcast, rather, about the, the, the thinking that got us to where we're at can't be the thinking that gets us out. And, and if we're not, you know, exchanging light for darkness and we just decide we don't want darkness, something other dark will come in because it's that old thinking that got us dark in the first place, right? So we need to push in new ideas and new thoughts. You know, because we want to make sure, you know, as Dr. Stephen Covey talks about, we want to make sure we're in alignment. You know, if if we prefer to drive a vehicle that is in alignment down, down the public street, then why not make sure, I mean, it wouldn't even be more important that to make sure that our life is aligned? Of course, it would be. So I'm just going to share on some of these quotes and mention them real quick, and we'll make short use of our time today and and really let these things sink in because they have the power to give me a new life, to give me a new way of thinking, to make sure that I'm doing right across the board. So there is not a conflict uh, with me that when I try to uh, uh, fill the container with a liquid, it's not oil and water that will separate. So here's the first one. Uh, and the quote is, and in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. And that was Abraham Lincoln. Some would say that the greatest president to whoever lived. Uh, he certainly uh, went through uh, maybe the most challenging time uh, of any president uh, as he served uh, two terms uh, because of the Civil War. And he was ultimately assassinated as a result uh, of that. And in the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. What are you doing with your time? We all have an appointed time. I believe that we are endowed by our creator for greatness. Whether or not we achieve greatness is entirely up to us. We, we know our years are marked, I believe, as a Christian. Uh, it's no surprise to God when I die. That's my personal perspective, and it's irrelevant whether you agree or disagree. The most important thing is that whether you live 40 years, 20 years, 30 years, in my case so far 66 years, what is the amount of life? How have I lived in that time? Not how much time has I li have I lived. Am I maximizing my time? Uh, am I redeeming the time? Am I looking to be the best possible version of me today and really capturing the moment? Because really, isn't, isn't that what our response should be? If you give me a gift, aren't you pleased when you see I'm using and appreciating that gift, not only the way it's designed to be used, but to its fullest? So thank you, Mr. Lincoln. Here's a great one by Dr. Seuss. 
Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Isn't that a great quote? Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. You know, so many things in life, and, and I wish certain things would last forever, but you know what? I have found that experience that I have been given have really been tailored for me. And, and some people never even get what we've gotten. So why would we be disappointed in something? Again, there's nothing wrong with missing something. Perfect example, when my dad died at uh, when I was sober for two and a half years, I, you know, it was sad that he died. But you know what? I was given two and a half years with my dad when he had gotten sober nine years before he died. And I was sober two and a half years before he died. And in that two and a half years, we became the friends. <laughs> we became the friends I had always wanted us to be. So it would be easy for me to feel badly that he died in the midst of the sadness. But why not smile over what we have been given? Sometimes father and sons go through their entire life and they don't have the closure that my dad and I had. And for that, I'm very grateful. So thank you, Dr. Seuss, and for green eggs and ham, right? So number three, dream as if you'll live forever, but live as if you'll die today. That's crazily enough, that was James Dean, who died a tragic death as a young person in the prime of his life. But dream as if you'll live forever and live as if you'll die today. And that doesn't mean to be foolish, right? Because the Bible says that, you know, if there is no hope, if there is no Christ, let's all eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. So it doesn't mean to be frivolous, but it means to extract the most today. Because in reality, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what God has planned for Laura. I don't know what God has planned for my children. I don't know what God has planned for my relationships. So I'm going to live those things out to the fullest. When I lay down at night and do my 10th step, where I continue to take personal inventory, and when I was wrong, I promptly admit it. But just to look at my day and recount and say, it was a great day. I'm so glad I looked for the opportunities to enjoy the time. Number four, nobody can go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. And that was from Maria Robinson. No one can go back and start a new beginning. But anyone can start today and make a new ending. Isn't that fabulous? One of my life quotes is that you can always turn around. Because we can. You know, 
you've heard my past. I can't go back and undo the damage to my daughters, to Sue, my, my first wife. I can't go back and undo the things that I did to my siblings and to my friends and to employers. I, I don't have the ability to go back and act as if it never happened because it did. But I can make a decision today and say, you know what? I can't control where my life began. But you know what? I can make sense and make a new ending and say how it's going to end. That I will die clean and sober. That I will do everything I possibly can to live to the fullest today. To make the greatest amount of impact that I possibly can for me and for you. That that when I die, it's, it's a beautiful day. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Right? Make that be my ending. To, to die with no regret. To die with, with no wishing that the ending was different. That to get as much closure as possible. You know, one of the one of the great quotes by Zig Ziglar, you hear me mention him a lot, he's a giant. If you've never read or heard anything from Zig, gosh, you know, just Google Zig Ziglar. There's just a ton of stuff in books and tapes and goals and things. One of the things that Zig said, and I've said this before, is that, and, and I'm going to paraphrase here, he's talking about... Um, finances and goals and setting goals. And we can extrapolate this to the same thing. We can we can just convert it and, and tie it into this talk today. But Zig said that if we if we are born poor, it's not our fault. If we die poor, it is our responsibility or our fault. Because we can't go back and and predetermine or, or change the, the socioeconomic level of the family we came from. But I can do as best as I can to make sure that I make the right decisions, both in employment pursuit and savings and how I spend my money, you know, and, and that can be in everything. I can't change the fact that I grew up, you know, in an alcoholic, codependent household, the middle of seven children with a low socioeconomic background. I can't change that. I can't change that since I was born to a father who was alcoholic, I was seven times more likely to become alcoholic, right? I can't, I can't go back and change any of that. But what I can do is say, this is how my life is going to end, right? Uh, I remember uh, my sponsor, Jack, who um, passed away over a year and a half ago uh, with 44 years of personal recovery. There were some things about Jack's life that he couldn't go back and change. But his ending, when he walked out of the Nevada State Penitentiary, his, he changed his ending and Jack died. God bless him. Oh, I miss that man. 
He, he died clean and sober with 44 years of personal recovery and a giant in the Las Vegas sober community. I mean, you go to central office, you go to anyone who's been around AA for a minute in Las Vegas, and they will know Jack Fisher. That was his ending. When 44 years prior, they knew him as inmate and a number. But his ending was different. And you understand the premise of that quote by Maria. The next quote by Rolf Waldo Emerson. It's not the length of life, but the depth of life. I love that. And it's quality over quantity. Some of us don't have the, the advantage of living a long life. Some lives are just too often too short. John Lennon, right? John Lennon, oh man, I'm a huge Beatle fan. And John Lennon is probably my most favorite musical artist. I mean, if I had to name one person, if you said to me, Robert, you can only listen to one artist forever, who would that be? And it would be John Lennon. And you know, when I really fell in love with John Lennon's music was, I, I'm a big karaoke guy. I love to karaoke. So when I used to travel for a living, one of the things that I would do in my car and, you know, 300 mile drives is I would put karaoke CDs um, in my CD player and, and I would go down the road and I would listen to the music to really hear every note um, because, you know, I got a fairly good voice and if I'm going to get up there and sing and enjoy, I want to do it right. That's just, you know, the, the how anal I can be. Ask anyone who knows me and they'll tell you. Um, I wanted to get the nuances. I wanted to get the notes. I wanted to really know it, but I really wanted to appreciate the music. So I listened to John's music without vocals. And I'll tell you, that cat was so, he was such a musical genius. Anyway, love John Lennon. So, so John, his life, in my opinion, was cut short uh, by this uh, assassin on the streets of New York out in front of his uh, hotel. Tragic time. Anyway, John lived a shortened life taken by some other person, but the depth and the quality you know, I have this T-shirt that says, uh, you may say, I'm a dreamer. And everywhere where that T-shirt, everyone knows what that phrase is from the song Imagine. So he, he had a depth of life that was so rich and so full that it, that it overcame his lack of length of life. So thank you, Mr. Emerson. The next quote comes from F. Scott Fitzgerald. It says, our lives are defined by opportunities, even the ones we miss. That's a great quote. Our lives are defined by opportunities, even the ones we missed. Again, life is one indivisible whole. I can't say, well, this doesn't count because I didn't get it. Sometimes we, we're not even aware of a missed opportunity because we're somewhere else. 
but being somewhere else and missing that opportunity meant we got a different opportunity, right? Or, or maybe missing an opportunity means we fell short, right? We missed the mark. Maybe that is what uh, Mr. Fitzgerald is talking about as well. Maybe we had an opportunity and we missed it for some reason, but we grow from it. We understand where we missed the mark or what we weren't paying attention to. Sometimes we don't even know we missed an opportunity until we're onto something else. And we look back and we're reflective. And we say, oh man, this was in my life and I, I, and, and I didn't even know it. Right? And what does that do to us? Does it make us more aware? Does it cause us to be a little bit more alert? I think that it can. The next quote is from the most famous person on the planet, Anonymous, right? Life is not measured by the number of breaths. You probably have heard this before. Life is not measured by the number of breaths you take, but by every moment that takes your breath away. Isn't that great? Life is not measured by the number of breaths you take, but by every moment that takes your breath away. I think that goes back to the quantity versus quality. Again, it's not how many years I have, but what did I do with the years? And as I'm breathing in and breathing out, is it how many times I breathe or is it what that breath brings me? What am I breathing out? Because a breath, you have to release a breath to take a breath, right? Because I can't just keep breathing, breathing and breathing and breathing in. Breathing is in and out. It's inhale, it's exhale. So what am I exhaling compared to what am I inhaling? And then if I'm inhaling something good that builds me, am I exhaling it? to promote goodness. Does that make sense? But by every moment that takes our breath away, what, what surprises me? What stops me? What astounds me? What amazes me? What, what, what um, challenges me? What stops me in my tracks? I've said, oh my goodness. I never realized this could be so wonderful. I never thought I would have this opportunity. This has taken my breath away. And if you know anything about Laura and me, Laura has captured my flag and she's taken my breath away. When I, when I hold one of my grandchildren, takes my breath away. Those times that we have been given, what is it about your life and are there moments where your breath is taken away? The next one by Randy Posh. We cannot change the cards we are dealt, just how we play the hand. Isn't that wonderful? I love the simplicity of that. We cannot change the cards we are dealt, just how we play the hand. Going back to that quote or that comparison, you know, by Maria about you can't go back and start a new beginning, but you can make a new ending, right? Or what Zig said in terms of 
you know, if I if I was born poor, that's not my fault. If I die poor, you know, it is my responsibility, right? So how are we playing the hand? What am I doing with the cards that I've been dealt in life? Am I playing as if they are cards that I can do something with? Or am I just throwing in my hand and saying, I can't deal with this? Two more quotes and then we'll close for the day. By Oliver James, why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were born to stand out? Be who you are. First of all, we have to find out who we are. You know, I always wanted to, to fit in. I always wanted to make you like me. I always wanted to be somebody else doing something else somewhere else. I was so external. I, I tried to be a chameleon. Because I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to belong. But you know what? I was born to stand out. I was born to be the exception, not the rule. And so are you. If you are in recovery, you are a standout. You are the exception. You are not the rule. We don't fit in. We fit on. Right? I don't have to try to be this person that... that you know, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. If I'm a square peg, I'm the best doggone square peg there is, and I don't need to fit into a round hole. I just need to be me. Just need to be grateful. I just need to learn who I am. And if there's a conflict with who I want to become, then then I make that adjustment and I move forward. But why are you trying so hard? Isn't it tiring? You know, there's an adage, and I love the, the, the picture. When you get to the end of your rope, just let go. Just be you. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> you know, I've got my bumps and bruises. You know, if you know me, you know that. But I'm a pretty cool cat. I mean, we are. I... I <laughs> The most remarkable people I have ever met are people of recovery from all walks of life. Because again, everybody is recovering from something. And it gets so tiring trying to be that person who's going to satisfy the other person that won't be satisfied regardless of who you are. Why not just stand out? And finally, by Coco Chanel, great perfume. Laura loves it. Mademoiselle also. So any of you guys out there looking to get your lover, your spouse, your significant other, some your partner, some, some great uh, perfume, Coco Chanel or even Mademoiselle. Anyway, Coco Chanel said, you live but once. I love this. You live but once. You might as well be amusing. <laughs> I love that. You know, some of the greatest laughter I have comes from looking at me and what a knucklehead I can be and life's experiences, right? Rule 62 in recovery is don't take yourself too damn seriously. You know, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it talks about uh, bursting out in laughter over seemingly tragic situations. 
And then it says, but why shouldn't we laugh? For we have recovered. Isn't that wonderful? You live but once. You might as well be amusing. In other words, enjoy life. Enjoy yourself. You know, life, we, we are not a glum lot. We're not stupid, boring, and glum. You know, God's desire is that we would be happy, joyous, and free. And be amused. You know, having quotes and, and positive approaches and phrases that gives us words to live by instead of words that devalue, deflate, and, and discourage is, is an amazing transformation for us to take. So I, I want you to please continue to support our message of hope and change. Please, please, please go to Patreon. Go to the Patreon drop-down on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guide directly. Or if it's a one-time donation, go to at Robert hyphen pardon hyphen three on Venmo to support our efforts. We really appreciate everything that you're doing to help us do more for those who are addicted and struggling. Most importantly, be blessed and be well. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the Recovery Guy.